The text for today's Gospel Proclamation comes from Romans chapter 7, verses 1 to 13. Or do you not know, brothers? For I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. Thus a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions, aroused by the law, were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve not under the old written code, but in the new life of the Spirit. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. Apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation comes from the letter to the church in Rome, chapter 7, verses 1 through 13, which I just finished reading for you, and serves as the basis of our theme for the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. Jesus' death is the only law we need. Today's lesson actually begins in verse 20 of chapter 6. It says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now you have been set free from sin, have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thus, we can now understand the or statement in our opening sentence of the letter to the church in Rome from the Apostle Paul. Or is such a little word that can change our focus entirely in an instant. Like either and on the other hand and the undeniable rather. We hear all these words and we know everything is about to flip and become anything but what we were initially expecting. Either you get this room cleaned up or you're not going to get the keys to the car and go out with your friends. On the one hand, we can stay late and get this inventory done. Or, on the other hand, we can come in on Saturday and do it then. The lawn shall be mown. Or, would you rather go without your allowance? Those words come out and we hold our breath for but a moment, knowing what's coming next can't possibly be good. Paul drops the oar today, and while it may not be what we want to hear, it clearly is what we need to hear. We all know we are free. After all, verse 20 said so. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What can be freer than that? But Paul continues in a terrifying rebuke from whence we cannot escape. Here it comes. Not again. Oh, no. Our hearts sink immediately. What comes next? To be sure, do you not know? And here it comes. The law is binding on a person as long as he lives. The other shoe falls like a blue-collar worker steel toe boots right on the bridge of our nose. Ouch! That hurts. Why? I thought I was free. The people of Chaz, or CHOP, or whatever anachronym they have come up with this week, thought they were free too. The police left and idealistic revolutionaries moved in. No more capitalist cash transactions. Everyone will share. No more private property. Communal indulgence will provide space for everyone. It's a never-ending party, a love fest, a barbecue without expense, or any hired labor to provide it. There will be no need for laws here. We are going to change the world with positive emotions and goodwill towards one another. Then they started to draw the boundary lines so everyone knew what was actually under their control. That led to barriers and fences and obstacles erected lest the police tried to come back unabated. Then IDs had to be checked to make sure anyone that entered met the criteria of the community's approval. Borders, check. Boundary wall, check. Citizen identification enforced, check, check, and check. Wait a minute. This is starting to look like laws. We can't have that. So they started over 
Chaz was a failure. Now we must have Chop. We won't make the mistakes of the last week. Chaz wasn't autonomous enough, so we will get it right. Chop will get back to our original intents of peaceful protest against racism, and we will achieve real changes in the city. We will lead everyone to common sense reform of the law. Then in the midst of it all, the rapper Raz pulled up in a car, loaded with AR-15s, and passed them out to anyone he could. And now Lord Raz would be the law. Might is right. Borders, check. Boundary wall, check. Citizen identification enforced, check. Guns to enforce it all and protect them from all enemies, foreign and domestic, check, 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 and check. In the latest social experiment to live in community, communally, without the man and his laws, we now have proof that the law is inevitable. The only questions that remain, who will make the laws we are all subject to? And even more, who will enforce those laws? Brothers and sisters, You did not need to sit for the last three minutes listening to my summary of events in Seattle in the past three weeks. A cursory look at today's letter to the church in Rome would have saved everyone in Seattle something. It would have saved all the business lost and all the insurance that will be paid to cover damages. It would save the humiliation the city leaders and the police faced in the national dialogue. It would have saved All of us, the time we wasted watching rioters act like petulant children thrashing about like toddlers who didn't get their cookie. All of which accomplished little, if anything, to heal the divisions our country is experiencing. It will take time, but inevitably law will be restored. Rioters will be thrown in prison. Streets will be cleared. Graffiti will be cleaned up. And honest businesses will be back up and running. We've been there before. We all know how this works. For thousands of years, we have seen similar events. And we all know the law will come right back down on the heads of the lawbreakers because God said the law is binding on the person as long as he lives. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, God bespeaks his reality to creation through the brilliance and delivery of the rabbinical trained apostle Paul. Paul was trained under Gamaliel, also a Pharisee, the preeminent Jewish sect, and he was their teacher of the law. Acts chapter 5, verses 34 to 35 and 38 to 39 tell us of his encounter with the apostles. But Gamaliel stood up and gave orders to put the men outside and said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. Keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan is the undertaking of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. God uses both men 
to show his presence with people who are opposing God and his law as the only law unto death. Some of us want to be the law, or we want to follow the law, and we want to respect and honor the law as best as we are able. Whichever category befits us best, even if we were up to the caliber of Gamaliel or Paul, we will fail just as they did. On the one hand, we make laws and we break laws. We make rules for children that we did not follow. We vote for taxes that we don't want to pay. We even sign on to living in covenant-controlled communities that we curse out loud when they tell us what color to paint our fence. We love the law and hate the law all at the same time. On the other hand, Jesus not only made the law, With the Father and the Spirit, one God, he fulfilled the same law like no one ever could. And his fulfillment, keeping in obedience to the law, kept him unto the death penalty of the cross. And because the inevitable law applies to everyone unto death, he made sure the consequences of disobeying the law would die by his death as well. So we could be free. His death meant our life. The only law we'll ever need. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.